Hey, it's Benjamin Harding, and we are launching today a series that we're going to call Tuesday Taubman Tips from the Galansky Institute. Much of this content is available on our YouTube channel. Just check out our show notes in this podcast, and you'll be able to see all of the links where you can find the video footage of Tuesday Taubman Tips. So go ahead and take a look at our show notes. Let's get into today's episode. It's really cool. You're going to hear from Mary Moran, and Mary is going to be sharing how to get beginners into the Taubman approach. Let's listen along. I'm glad to be here, and I will be mainly answering two questions tonight that were sent in, and these are about teaching and teaching beginners. Um, The first question is, how do I start using the Taubman approach with beginning students? What should I cover first, and then what's next? And my second question is, how do you begin teaching children ages four to six so they, with their bendy fingers, start to develop a coordinated technique. Fingers or arms? How much stress is there on how the fingers look and how they move? Well, for any new student, I would begin with the correct seating. Now, as I show you tonight, we're going to develop the fingers and the forearm together with the hand to be a unit. So I'm going to spend most of my time tonight just talking about how to do this beginning development. We're going to focus on the fingers in a way that they move with the forearm and with the hand. They don't stretch away from each other and they don't curl and they don't straighten when they play. They stay in their natural position. And this is possible. They don't need to do any of those things because we have a division of labor and each body part will do what it does well. So the fingers will play down on the keys. The hand and the forearm will assist them by moving them across the keys to where they need to play and giving them weight and support to go into the key. Now, the beginning concepts that I'm talking about tonight are concepts to be used with adults and with children, with anyone who's beginning to learn the Taubman approach. The difference with children is you have to stick this in in between how to read notes, how to read rhythms, how to do music theory. So you have a bigger job, in a sense, when you're teaching children. Now, the correct seating at the piano is going to allow the playing parts, the finger, the hand, and the forearm to work together as a unit and to be in alignment. Now, being in alignment means that they are put together so they can move within the mid-range of motion where motion is the easiest. And we'll talk about that as we go along. So the first thing we're going to discuss here is the seat height. Okay, when you sit someone at the piano, you want to make sure that their forearm and elbow are level with the top of the keys, the top of the white keys before they're depressed, okay? So this is where mine is right here. Now, if they sit too low, I'll take my seat pads out, you can see then everything 
is falling back towards your body, which doesn't give you the support we're talking about. If they sit too high, you can see you're way above the piano, and to get weighed into the keys, you might have to lower the wrist to get some weight there. So sitting too high is not the answer. Sitting at the right height is the answer. So you want to be sitting so you're level with the top of the keys. Now the feet need to be resting down on the floor and resting flat. With children, you're going to have to make sure that their feet are on a footrest and they're resting flat. You don't want feet kicking in different directions. I had one student once, she was a ballet student. She wanted to do ballet dancing with her feet while she played the piano. And I had to constantly have her just flatten her feet so and rest them down. So you want to keep checking that. Now, distance from the piano is very important. You don't want to be too far away so that the arms are straight. As Mrs. Taubman said once, you have to have an elbow. And you don't want to be too close where you, you're in the way of yourself. So you want to be, so you have this kind of an angle with your arm, okay? Your torso's in between. Your arms are just at your sides. Your elbows are not held out. And your elbows also are not falling in. They're just where they are, okay? So you want to make sure of that. Now, another thing you want to check with your students is that they're not sitting all the way back on the bench like this. They, Some of mine in the beginning, they want to sit back and pull their chair in as if they're at the dinner table. And you don't want to do that. You want them to feel only half of themselves on the bench. You're only on the front half of the bench. That works much, much better and helps you be free in your torso to move around. Now, the torso position has to be allow your finger, hand, and arm to move around the piano. So you have to sit up straight, but not in a rigid way because you have to be able to move to the sides, in and out with with your torso. You also can't be slouching and watch for that with your students. They like to slouch. Now, when you have the torso correct, then the shoulders are just stable points, which are where they are. They're not held up. They're not pushed down so that they don't go up. They just exist where they are. Now, when all of these are correct, your student will be able to sit at the piano and feel that they're resting in three places. They're resting on their feet, they're resting on their seat, and they're resting on their hands. Their torso is a little bit, um, has a small feeling of being forward. It's connected to the instrument. It's not sitting back like this where you don't feel involved. It's when you're sitting forward, you and the instrument almost become one. So you want to make sure you have that. After you do that, you can start to talk about hand position. Now, the hand position we're gonna is the way your hand is when it's at the side of your body. You can just let your arm go down and feel free and pick it up. That's our natural hand position. And you could just see Edna's at the piano. Um, the fingers are not held in any way. They're not held apart. They're not pulled together. They're just where they are. And you can see they're not curled, they're not straightening, they're not stretching, they're just where they are. 
Okay, now when you put them on the piano, I'll give you the overhead camera so you can see this. When you put that hand on the piano, what you're going to see for people with smallish hands and for children is their hand will probably take up only four white keys. It won't take up five. Mine takes up four white keys. If I really just come and I put my hand on in a natural position. So you can see now, if I try to put my hand over five white keys, I am using my muscles to open my hand. And when I want to move my fingers up and down, they feel tense because I'm using those muscles. When I have it in the natural position and I'm only covering four keys, my fingers move very easily. So you should try that test. Open them and move them and then let them be natural and move them. And you'll see when you're not doing anything, they'll feel so much better. Now, the other thing you need to look at when you look at the hand in the natural position is that some of our fingers are longer than others. We have, as Edna was saying, we have the thumb is the shortest and five is short and two, three, and four are longer. So with an adult hand, it, when you put it on the piano, you can see these fingers, finger three is in the black key area and two and four are right there. So watch out. Some of the books that you'll get for teaching will say, you should line your fingers up in a line like this. But what happens if you do that is your fingers are curled and then it's very hard to move them. So what you want to do is let them be in, let this long finger be in the black key area. If you're near a black key, it can be on the black key. But you have to let the long fingers be long. You don't want to curl them back like this. Can you see how natural this looks when all my fingers are in their natural position in their length. And then if I curl one, do you see how it changes the whole order of it? If I curl one over here, do you see how strange that all looks? So you can look for this way that your hand looks the same all the time and know that if you see your student's hand looking like this, it's in the natural position. And when you see something curling, that is distorted. So you, you have to be on the alert all the time to keep the natural position as they're playing. That's not something you can just say once and it'll be fine. You have to really be have a constant eye out for that. Now, wrist height is very important. So your wrist is connecting your hand and your forearm. And so they will be a unit. Now you can see, we talked about that mid-range. If I put my wrist up very high, you see my fingers can't move very much, so they, your wrist being high doesn't work. If your wrist is very low, my fingers don't move very well either. So you really want the wrist to be level the way it is here because it puts everything in the mid-range of motion where it works easily. If you look at the left, this is what the thumb side of the hand looks like, okay? You're going to have that space here, and that's good. If the space is going this way, you know you're too high. If that space is crushed, it means everything is falling. So that's another way to identify the look of the hand. Now, we have knuckles in our hands. We in, in Fingers two, three, four, and five each have three knuckles. You have the main knuckle here, you have the middle knuckle here, and you have the nail joint knuckles here. Now, the main knuckle is pretty much parallel right here with the hand in the wrist. Again, it doesn't go up high like this, and that main knuckle doesn't go down, all right? The other two knuckles, the middle knuckle, 
and the nail joint knuckles. These are just where they are when your hand is in its natural position. So what you have to do is make sure there's no tension in the hand and just look at it like this and put your hand on. Now, these knuckles will not be supported if the body is pulling away from the keys. Do you see that? Everything flattens out. So you have to make sure that the body position at the piano stays correct to give the knuckles the support that they need and to give the hand everything the support it needs to keep it on the piano. Again, I'm not holding or doing anything. Everything is just staying here. Now, the thumb has two knuckles. You can see I have this knuckle here, which is called the MCP, and this is the nail joint knuckle. Let me show you that from the top. It might be a little bit more helpful. Okay, so here there's one, two knuckles in the thumb. You can see it in this hand. One, two. They're not really pronounced, but they're there. Now, children have very can have very pudgy, fatty little hands, and so... You might think that they don't have knuckles. Sometimes it looks like they have little dimples. But what they do have knuckles, and sometimes if you just touch, and if you're doing virtual lessons, you can ask their parents, just feel this and feel if you can feel the bone there. Okay, then that's that's all you need. So you can just do a feeling test on it. And again, check the body positioning to make sure that that's right. Once students get this balance in the again with their hands, and now we have the wrist in the natural hand position, sometimes it's good to have them on the black key. They should just be able to sit here and feel like they're in balance. Okay, now let's talk about movement because that's what we're going to do when we get to the piano. We're going to move. So we have to move this finger, hand, and arm unit it together. And in the beginning, I show things in a little bit of an exaggerated way in order for the student to feel. So what we're going to do is first we're going to talk about what Edna told, talked about was we want to make sure that we're not twisting. The movements don't work if you're twisting to the fifth finger or twisting to the thumb. You have to have a unit here and everything, again, has to be in that mid-range. So you're always checking for the student not to be twisting Okay, and distorting that alignment. This is very important. Once you have the alignment correct, you're going to want your student to be able to pick up their finger, hand, and forearm in one unit and put it down. It doesn't matter how high as long as they pick everything up together. Now, you don't want to pick it up and droop the hand and then put it together. It has to come up together right from the beginning and go right back down. While I'm doing this, you can see that my upper arm and my shoulder are not moving. It's just a movement of the forearm, the hand, and the fingers. So you may have to help the student realize that this is wrong and this is correct. They have to get the sense that this is staying in place and only the this is coming up. Okay, once they can come up correctly, you want them to come up and go down in one movement. Make this feel continuous. It just goes up and comes down. It falls down. So in a sense, you pick up to fall down and you do this. Once that works, you can go to the piano and do it. Okay. And what you're going to do is pick up that same way, fall down on a finger. So I just fell down on my second finger. Okay. So we want that dropping. It's very easy. 
You just go up and come down. It's not far from the key. I do it on every finger. Now, what's interesting while I'm doing it is that my fingers are not pulling away. Nobody's curling. They're not, I'm not letting the, the students, sometimes they like to put the other fingers away. You have to keep them all together. So they're there. Let me show you from the top. Um, that even if you change fingers, I can change to three, change to four. Do you see the whole, the whole unit comes with me? So I get so they can play, they can drop on fingers very well. The, the wrist stays at the correct height. The fingers don't move away from each other. They all stay together. And in the beginning, sometimes I have them play little songs with dropping. And I do this just because I want them to be able to move with different fingers to different keys and continually be aligning the fingers and the forearm on different keys. So I might be going, or I'm going to, you see everything moved together. I didn't reach. I moved the whole unit. Okay. So moving everything as a unit is really important. Also feeling very free when you do this. Okay. It should feel very free. It should feel very light. And I should feel the correct landing on every finger as I play. It's important for students to be able to find the correct landing on every finger before, um, before they play connected. They need to find it dropping. Now, we're going to talk about forearm rotation next for a minute. We have a couple more minutes here. And when you're beginning to learn forearm rotation, again, you have to have this unit and you cannot have any twisting. It has to move in one piece. Why do we rotate? Okay. Some people ask me that. So let's see. The free turning of the forearm makes it possible for the fingers to lift. Watch this. I rotated to the left on five, and I lifted all my fingers, and it was totally effortless. Okay? Rotation provides the movement for me to go across to the another key, and I don't stretch. I just, I everything is here, everything is here. There's no stretching involved. Now, the other thing is the arm gives weight and support to the fingers as they play. It's very easy to make all the fingers equal because it's always the same arm coming down with the fingers. Okay, so how do we rotate? Let's pick up your right hand and forearm in one piece in front of your body like this, okay? And have your palm and the underside of your arm facing the floor. Then turn from the back of the forearm and have them face your torso, turn back. So you can continually go back and forth like this so that you move in one piece. You can see that the back of my forearm is moving as well as my hand. That's what you want to make sure you have that easy turning and have students do it enough that they feel the easy turning. Okay, then you can pick up and do this on the keys. Here, I, I'll do it with this hand, okay? So I can pick up and turn and drop on a finger, you see? I can do it very close to the key. See how small it is? And I can do three this way. Four. Now, when I'm, I was just rotating to the right on all of those. To the right, 
to the right, to the right. The thumb goes to the right in the left hand. It's on the end of the hand, so it, the thumb in the left hand cannot go to the left. It has to go to the right. But the fifth finger is going to go to the left. Okay? So if I want to play five notes together like that, the five plays to the left, and then the other fingers are going to play to the right. Notice when I do this that each finger lands in its natural position, and the fingers don't change. There's no pulling away from each other. There's no stretching and there's no curling. That's kind of big. So you take it from big and you make it smaller and smaller. It feels very easy when you're doing it. And what happens? The forearm turns, the fingers go with it. Rotation allows them all to move across and come down. The finger just played. The arm doesn't play. The finger plays, but the arm brought it to the key. Okay? Everything lands solid and straight. So that is the basics of forearm rotation. So I hope that opens a window for you. I would recommend that if you want to be able to teach this, you need to be working, as Edna said, with an expert Taubman teacher who's well-trained so they can make sure that you're putting the movements in your body well and that you can illustrate and see all the things that you need to in doing this. The next um, session, I'll continue with talking about joints that are collapsing and talking about how to make your students expressive. So I'm sorry I didn't get to that tonight. And now I'm going to pass everything over to Bob. Thanks for your attention. Great to see you.